Hi, and welcome to Dancer Talks, your number one dance podcast. The mission of Dancer Talks is to share stories and information that dancers want to hear. Listen up, because you're in for a treat. I am so excited to welcome Flori Geller, a dancer with the Cincinnati Ballet, to our first episode of Dancer Talks. Please welcome, via the Zoom world, Flori Geller! How are you doing during this whole pandemic? Like, what's your life been like and how are you holding up, especially with dance classes and keeping in shape? Well, I'm going on week eight of not leaving um, this apartment because um, my, my whole family is high risk. And so we have not been going out at all. I've been getting groceries delivered um, to the apartment. Um, so I'm in Savannah, Georgia right now, and it's 500 square feet with three cats and a dog. So I've been tuning into Worldwide Ballet class like every single day on Zoom, um, which is San Francisco Ballet dancers um, Diego Cruz and also Ruben Martin host um, this Zoom class every day around the world to like 180 some dancers tune in and there's amazing teachers, world-class teachers from all over who teach um, for the class and they have ballet and point and uh, hammer garage workout so hard. So I've been doing that. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of Pilates. Actually, I feel like I haven't, no, I haven't ever done this much Pilates in my life. Um, I have a little mini elliptical which broke while I was on it. So that was what? really thing. But it was like really cheap on Amazon. And um, yeah, I was going, I was, I guess, I don't know if I was going too fast for it or something, but I was just <laughs> my way. And then all of a sudden one of the legs just like falls off. <laughs> oh no. And there was this big crash and my dad, um, he's, he's a professor at Savannah College of Art and Design. And so he was teaching his class um, while this was happening and there was like, this big crash. <laughs> and he was Are like, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, it could have been bad. I was like, wow. And I just kind of stood there for a moment. So we tried fixing it again, um, like tightening up something. I don't know what it was. Um, and then the same thing happened again, except I caught it. Like I looked down. I was like, this feels weird. And I looked down and it was like falling off. So I saved myself that time. But I guess the elliptical company is sending a new elliptical. So at some point That's that will good. arrive and I'll be able to get back on there. So right now cardio is difficult to fit in, but I've been doing the garage hammer workouts, which are so hard, but they're so good. I, oh my God. I know. Um, I did one. <laughs> my legs were so sore the day after. Oh, sore. Oh gosh. It's the only workout I cry in. Like I actually cry. Um, at a certain point, Lisa is, who owns it, who owns a garage, she is insane and ripped and does not stop at all. It's just so high intensity. We used to do it in San Francisco. We had it once a week. Um, it was for an hour though. So we did like a half hour cardio and then a half hour strength training. So it's kind of like now she does it like in, like she incorporates cardio and then like dynamic abs and then squats and stuff like they kind of alternate but when we did we did like a half an hour of just cardio like running jumping you know wow. kind of um rhythmic stuff and then we'd go on the floor and do stuff so that was tough because right after like 10 minutes after we had ballet class and 
I couldn't. It was bad. Everyone would just, I feel it like was not good. After a workout or run or anything, I have to take a like th- at least 30 minutes. Because my legs are Yeah, all- it was really aching. And I think that was like a time where that day of the week, we had to do all of class on point. I just always remember feeling like a jellyfish. It was so bad. At least you- But it was a great workout. I mean, I felt so good. Like, it's awesome. And when she, she would come in and teach it a few times and, oh my gosh, she's crazy. She's amazing. It just like, it's so inspiring. Even like it conveys on the Zoom, like workout, but in person, it's wild. Um, so that's really, I love that. But those have been my kind of main um, workouts. There's also this YouTube channel I found really random um, called Train Like a Ballerina. Oh, I love that. I love them. It's the one. Um, And it's cool because you can just kind of put together your own little like, okay, here's like eight minute ab workout. Here's like an eight minute butt workout. Here's like stretching or whatever. Um, So doing that. And then also my flexi stretcher because. That's amazing. I did did your class and I must say, thank you. It feels so good. I love it. It's interesting because it, a flexi stretcher has, you know, people think about it and they think of standing there with their leg up, like an alisacond and just working on like, literally just working on like devil pay side or doing like a planche stretch. But there's so much active stretching and strengthening exercises and Pilates exercises that they're like, re- like reformer exercises that you can do. Um, so I mean, now I was teaching it on my Instagram now I teach it on the Cincinnati Ballet Academy um, Facebook page, live Facebook page, because it was a little easier to coordinate and it can save on their page indefinitely. And like on my Instagram, it couldn't. So there were students who couldn't make it and it was only available for 24 hours. Um, but I was telling my students last week how important it is to do active stretching because I think one of the things you feel a lot of pressure on as a dancer is that flexibility. And I know when I was around 13, 14, I just thought, okay, well, I'll get flexible by spending an hour in an oversplit like that. And so I actually did that. And I was never so tight as I was when I did that. Because it's just like you have that instant feeling afterwards of like, oh, look at me, I'm so flexible. And then it goes away and you're just so sore and in so much pain and your muscles get tighter. So flexi stretcher is awesome because it's that dynamic stretching and you're like activating muscles and releasing them. And that release is where your, you know, your leg can, um, or whatever you're stretching, um, find that flexibility, but it's safer, um, too, because you're like warming up your muscles. So I was telling them that I thought it was really important to tell them that because, you know, I mean, you're at home, you're like, here, I can do my homework and sit in a split, which, you know, I do that sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've been feeling I've been feeling like active stretching is the key, honestly, even in these times because we're just sitting around all day. Well, like if you're not doing classes, you're you're not walking to around New York City or around Cincinnati or Savannah. You're yeah. just in your house and you can't really move a lot. So stretching actively is the key. Because if you're stretching okay. passively it's not going to be as effective to lengthen or no. anything because you're not. Active. Right. 
and those and those exercises like when I'm teaching that class I, I also sometimes sometimes I feel like kind of out of breath because it is a little bit isn't this more dynamic there's I mean it's not a lot of cardio but there's some more cardio element um I think especially when you're non-stop talking too yeah <laughs> um but yeah. um but yeah I'm trying to do as much as I can um it's tough I know that I think for everyone it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to get back in the studio um whenever that happens but I think we're all in the same boat. I mean, like, unlike when you have an injury and you're out for a long period of time, um, you're, you feel like that time catching up to you. And when you go back, it's a struggle, but now we're all in that position. Everyone's in that position to some degree. Um, so I think, you know, we're all in this together. That's why I love like the worldwide ballet class because yeah there is a great sense of community with it and I was when I first got into quarantine I first got here like I didn't have a zoom ballet class so I was doing like my own bar um or watching some like pre-recorded bars like on IGTV which are great um but still like zoom the zoom class there's so much more a community and so suddenly like there are people from all over who you see every day in the class and they feel like your classmates yeah so it's been really nice and it's weird because i i don't know before i'm not a homebound person at all like i don't like being at home at all and i go crazy if i stay at home um for a long period of time but throughout this whole time i i haven't felt like that because i just i just feel very grateful to be able to shelter safely with my family um and i feel like there's so much to do in a day and now that i have this time to be at home I still don't have enough time to do what I want to do each day. Like I'm still at the end of the day, like, oh my gosh, it's 730 and ah, what happened? Um, so I don't know. There's just so much, I guess, when you're in this situation, you just have to um, use your imagination. I don't know, but I feel like I'm in so many different places, even in 500 square feet. It's like my studio, the cafe, the academic classroom though anything the, the book you're reading <laughs> yeah the gym all of it <laughs> the you know netflix um all those stuff so i've also been taking um two college classes um online i had been because we with the um, american guild of musical artists union we can get our associates degree for free um, and so that's a, a feature and a benefit that I had my eye on for a long time, but I never really felt like I had enough time. It was always kind of like, oh, well, next semester I'll sign up next semester. Oh, it's just really busy right now. I don't have time, but now it's like you have the time to do it. So I got started on doing that, which has been fun. I'm almost done with my first semester. They're like eight week semesters. So that's been interesting. I've been taking um, an electronic commerce class and a marketing class, which, I mean, they have points of kind of becoming very intertwined. And so it gets a little bit, at certain points in the course, a little bit repetitive, sometimes a little confusing. Some of it's more in-depth than others, um, but it's been very interesting. So I feel like I've, I've learned a lot, but next semester, or I guess June 1st, I will do an English 
and college math class because I haven't done math. In so long. <laughs> math. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> scared. I would be like, <laughs> but it'll be good. It'll be fun. Wait, you know, I will always love math. Math is great, <laughs> but like back in the day when I was in school, they're like, "You're not gonna have a calculator when you're in when you're in these situations, like when you're at a restaurant or when you're at the grocery store." And then they came out with the iPhone, and it has I mean, like I I have and you're like I have it on my watch too. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's really no. it's really good to know math. Yeah, like Absolutely. if you don't know the angles, if you don't no. know basic how to do a tip or things you know it's really important it's really it is keeps the mind going it's a a puzzle it's just i since it's been a long time i'll just will be a lot of review (laughs) math but i'm sure it will i don't know what it'll be like i don't really know where they're gonna start um i'm excited because once i get into it i enjoy math very much yeah i remember one summer i was at um the SAB summer course, and I did all of, what was it, like, algebra one in five weeks, like, wow. in the summer course. It was just, like, after class or, like, between class, like, on the lunch break, I would sit in the locker room and, like, eat my lunch and then do my um, algebra. And we're feeling so accomplished. I was like, this is great. <laughs> it was fun. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while since I've done math my goodness speaking of younger days what was your training like my training so I went when I was 10 years old um to Pennsylvania to central Pennsylvania youth ballet um I started well I'll go back to the beginning um when I started when I was five um we lived in Rhode Island and my parents taught at Boston University and I started in the creative movement class at Boston Ballet um, in their Newton program. And then we moved to Savannah when I was six years old. And I took class at various little schools in Savannah. Um, but the dance scene is rather recreational. And there actually there are a lot of um, dancers from Savannah who have become professional dancers. Um, but they've all gone somewhere else. Um, to get their training at a certain point. So when I was, actually when I was nine years old, I went to the ABT Young Dancer Workshop and I saw that a lot of the really good dancers at the summer workshop um, all had CPYB water bottles and t-shirts. And I was like, what is CPYB? So I like went and looked it up. I told my mom, I was like, these really good people have the CPYB t-shirt. And so we looked it up and on, I went there the next summer. So I went first, went to see there, they have a June series um, that occurs and like all of the incoming summer students go to see the June series before the summer program actually starts. And I knew that the older dancers were gonna be really strong, but the curtain opened and they were all like tiny little like seven eight nine ten year olds who were incredible like just so technically precise so turned out so just everything was in the perfect position and I was shocked and I I looked at my parents I'm like this is wild um so 
I did my placement class the next day and was put in the lowest level you could be in. And, um, you know, it was fine because it was wonderful. I was in the barn, which is like the notorious barn um, where it all begins um, with Marcia Del Weary and other CPWB faculty. And it was, it was really a major eye-opening experience because it was just, I had, didn't know. I felt like I went in my first class, like I did not know anything. Um, and just like when you do an arabesque or like a tondu to the back, how your heel doesn't stick up in the air, but it like goes to the floor. And I didn't know that. And, um, you know, they're very much, they kind of um, exaggerate some of the corrections. So they say like, you do arabesque, your knee looks to the ceiling. And it just gets you to like, obviously your knee can't look to the ceiling, but it gets you to really rotate out your leg. And that's something that I still, those kinds of teaching methods are things I use when I'm teaching now um, to help students do it because they don't know the intricacies of like you use this little muscle rotates here and you do that blah, 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 blah. But they can understand that basic process, that action of like, oh, I'm going to try to get my knee to look up to the ceiling. Um, so it was, a, it was insane that summer. It was absolutely amazing. And then after it, I went back to the ABT and Dancer Summer Workshop again. And that year was the first year they were opening up the JKO school to a younger age group. And they asked me to stay for the year round program. Um, and I thought that was awesome. I was really excited about it, but I went to my parents and I said, you know what? I think the only reason they noticed me was because I went to CPYB for the summer. So I need to go to CPYB. Um, so they were like, okay, Flory, well, you're 10, um, <laughs> but we'll let you do that. So um, my mom went with me and I went to CPYB, moved to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, danced seven days a week. Um, it was a lot. They, were, they had like, you know, three, four, five technique classes a day. Um, which, I mean, I don't know, I could not do that now. But when you're young, you just do it, it's fun. We like on Saturdays would dance from like nine to 7.30 and it was just like a party. Um, Are there different teachers in the classes? There were, we, and that was one of the really, really cool things was we had many different teachers and they all kind of, they would follow the CPYB method um, but there were teachers who were on various like kind of spectrums of that method. Um, so, I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't strict Vaganova, but we would have more Vaganova-ish teachers, more Balanchine-ish teachers, um, teachers that would work more on jumps in their classes, teachers who would work more on turns in their classes. Um, there's a lot of variety. And I think that's one of the really exciting things too, is because you're constantly moving from class to class. And, um, you know, I started all over again. Cause I, I had gone on point right when I turned 10, when I was in Savannah and when I went to CPYB for the summer, they took me off point. Um, but then back in the year I went back on point and it was, I mean, there were, it was wonderful. It was a lot. And I'm so grateful that I was able to train with Marcia Dilweary um, and have that time. Like her, she would teach on Sundays. It would just be Marcia. She was the only person who taught on Sundays. And it was such a special time. Not everybody went to Sunday class. She had to invite you to go to Sunday class. Um, 
but it was so beautiful, such a beautiful experience. And so then I was there from Etsy BYB from 10 to 13. And then I had to move back closer to home in Savannah um, because my family had some health issues and I needed to be, because Carlisle, Pennsylvania was a two day drive from Savannah. And so I needed to be in the kind of um, vicinity um, to Savannah. So I went to um, Next Generation Ballet in Tampa, Florida. And one of the reasons I went there and why that was one on my list of like places that I should go um, and consider going was because they had a faculty member um, who is from CPYB. And I actually, like, I had her my first summer. She used to teach at CPYB and then she moved to Florida. And the school has a great deal of respect for CPYB. Um, so I went to Next Generation Ballet. Peter Stark was the director. And I was there for goodness. I went there right when I turned 14. And um, I was there for the remainder of that year. And then another year after that. Um, and then I, so we did uh, in Tampa, um, the Performing Arts Center is where the um, Next Generation Ballet is located. It's part of the Patel Conservatory for the Arts. So there's music and drama um, and dance. And so I, they're in this arts conservatory that's connected to this huge arts complex that's right on the riverfront. It's so beautiful. Oh, it just, thinking about it makes me so happy. It's just like palm trees and sunny and heavenly. Um, and so Youth America Grand Prix goes and has their Tampa location is at the Strauss Center, which is where we are. Um, so we all, a lot of us did YAGP. And I mean, at CPWB, you don't do competitions. So I just thought, well, you know, it's part of, it's here, they're doing it. And it's at the theater and it's not, um, the coaching for it doesn't take away from our training. It adds to our training. So any coaching session is gonna be on a lunch break. Um, it's not gonna interfere with what we're doing. Um, so I did it just for fun, just for the performing experience. Um, and it was, I mean, the coaching session, I think I would have like two 15 minute coaching sessions a week. So it's not like, wasn't, you know, a huge amount of like crazy competition preparation. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really, really awesome. And I did the regionals, made it to the finals. Um, and then got to dance at Lincoln Center in the final round, which was just so cool. And so I just still can't believe that. Um, but that year, I, uh, Jillian Murphy and Susan Jaffe were creating a scholarship to North Carolina School of the Arts, and they had spent years raising money um, for this scholarship. So I was the recipient of the Jillian Murphy Scholarship to UNCSA. So I was, at that point, I think I had just turned 15 um, or was turning 15, just turned 15. Um, so I, I didn't, I, 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 you know, it was, it was tough because I didn't feel like I was necessarily like ready to leave Next Generation Ballet. Um, but at the same time, it was an amazing experience or like an amazing opportunity to go and work with um, Susan Jaffe. 
And so I went to UNCSA. Um, and that was really cool because it was a high school program. Like, so it was the high school and dancing were intertwined. So like you go to school for like two hours then go do ballet and then go back to school and then go back to rehearsal. Um, so that was really wonderful, except I got injured right away. And that was my first like big injury. I slipped on the floor and was out for eight months. So that was really yucky. Um, but that kind of like rerouted my whole situation. And so I, by the time they needed to know about the following year, I still didn't know if I was going to need surgery. And it was, it was a, it was a thing. So I went back to Next Generation Ballet again um, to kind of like recover and take lower level classes. And that was really a wonderful year getting back for me. It was really hard. And that's again, like going back and like recovering from injuries. It's a long, a really tough process to deal with. Um, and takes a lot of time, as you know, like working on getting your strength back, work on getting your flexibility back, even learning to walk again, <laughs> which was definitely my case. Um, but went back to Next Generation Ballet and another really cool thing that they do there is that they do full length ballets. And so previously when I was 15, we did Sleeping Beauty and I got to perform Aurora, which was just so special and such a wonderful experience. And I think that experience of performing a full length ballet like that um, really carried me through my injured process because I just remembered what that joy felt like and how accomplished you can feel when you take on something that big. Um, so that joy kind of carried me through because it was tough, you know, dealing with not dancing. So the year I went back to Next Generation Ballet, um, we were doing Giselle in the spring and Giselle is my absolute dream role. I love Giselle so much. And so um, when my teacher, Philip Neal um, took over Next Generation Ballet, actually. Um, Peter Stark went to direct Boston Ballet's men's program in Second Company, and Philip Neal from New York City Ballet came over to Next Generation Ballet. And he is fantastic. Um, and he, like, told, I remember after Nutcracker, I wasn't really allowed to do much in Nutcracker. Or my doctor said, he was like, you can't be in any of the core stuff. You can't do snow and flowers. You can't like spend time in point shoes. So at the start of like Nutcracker season, I was like doing grandma was my <laughs> which is the grandma. best. I love grandma. Um and I but I did a couple things in Nutcracker like Spanish and doll. Um but after our last show, uh, Mr. Neil and Miss Yvonne um our other teacher like, came up to a, a few of us and they're like, you're Giselle, you're Giselle, you're Giselle. And then like, Albrecht, Albrecht, Albrecht. And so it was really, we're wow. so, like, in the wings. And that was just like, I don't know, really insane for me because I, less than a year before I was unable to walk. So that was really special and a really daunting experience because that's like really um, emotionally in depth, Giselle is. Um, so that was my spring at Next Generation Ballet. And then that summer, I went to San Francisco Ballet School um, for the summer course. And from there, got invited to stay year-round. 
um, which also is kind of wild and a dream come true for me because San Francisco ballet was always like, at, you know, my top, you know, when you think about like, oh my gosh, where do I want to go? Um, and it's really hard. It's a really intense school and an amazing school, um, but very difficult and demanding. Um, and that was a more of a French technique. So we trained with um, Tina LeBlanc and Sophie and Sylve. And Tina went to CQIB. Um, so that was a familiar um, technique. But her class was super, super, super hard. And I think before that, I didn't really do a lot of like difficult um, center point exercises. Like I mean, we'd, I would do like a variation or do, you know, perform Drizelle or something like that. But I don't know, doing like center point ballet class and like, I don't know, kind of crazy pirouettes, turns and all the seconders, stuff like that. But that was, we worked a lot on that kind of stuff um, during the year. And I felt like I got so much stronger, especially on point um, from that year. Um, and then from that, I was in um, company in Charleston, South Carolina. It was a new company that started American National Ballet. Um, and then from that, I um, went into my first company audition season and got hired by Cincinnati Ballet um, as an apprentice. So that was, it was my first ever company audition. And so I, um, awesome. that was, it was kind of crazy. I, I wasn't really expecting a company contract. I was kind of going in the audition season thinking about like looking at trainees or second companies because um, I was 18 and had never done company audition before. And I knew at San Francisco, my class, I didn't audition um, for companies that year, um, but a lot of people in my class did. And that's what they were kind of doing. That's what they were targeting. So I just thought like, okay, well, I guess that's what you do. You target second companies, whatever. Um, but I, I got that, which was awesome. Uh, my family and I lost our voices for two weeks because we screamed so much. <laughs> and I got um, so then I went to New York um, for the spring because I had about five months until I had to start in Cincinnati. Um, so I was like, I need to train. Um, so I went to New York, got a work study at Steps on Broadway, um, trained with Willie Berman, my dear Willie Berman and Elena Kunikova and met McCall and it was such a uh, it was such a fun spring I just like one of my favorite times ever oh my gosh so wonderful and I met you McCall it was because you sent me an best years ever it was so fun and you like sent me an Instagram message saying can you be in my choreography my choreographic piece for Ailey um, and so that was really great. I, I remember getting that message. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl saw me in class and she wants to, me to be in her piece. This is so cool. So that was so fun. That was I, so fun. I had, oh man, the best memories ever. It was amazing. So that was a wonderful time. And then from there, I moved to Cincinnati. And what was I've, it like in Cincinnati being such a young dancer in such a big company well I don't know if it's like ginormous but 
so like a big name. We have um, 27 dancers in the main company and 12 in the second company, and they've got about 20 some trainees. Um, so, you know, it's a lot. I mean, I'm used to being in large classes, and I think like at steps, especially Willie Berman's class really prepared me for that because it was just like company class every day. And like at Willie's class, you're dancing next to Alessandra Ferry and Isabel Guerin and Marcello Gomes and so it's and Rick Rowski. Like everyone comes in and it's just like another day, another superstar is standing right there next to you at bar and you're like, oh my gosh. Um so that kind of dynamic, that company class dynamic. Um, I think was something that I really got adjusted to from taking class at Steps. Um, but it was a lot. My very first piece I was in with Cincinnati Ballet, they start the year off with the New Works series, which is choreographers come in to set new pieces and um, some dancers in the company get the opportunity to choreograph pieces at, as well. So my first piece that I was in, I was called to learn Miles Thatcher's um, new work and um, they gave me two parts to learn like a pas de deux part and this other um, like pas de trois kind of part and so that was already a lot like learning in the back and it was contemporary and I, I mean we did we learned contemporary rep in San Francisco we like we learned some McGregor like worked on Chroma and some like Wheeldens within the golden hour. Um, but this was still different and it's a lot to learn in the back. So I was in the back for about what, five weeks. And then the cast list came out and I had shows of this pas de trois part. <laughs> 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 like, I've never done this before. I've never rehearsed this piece before. I remember um, you were like, McCall, I'm getting my contemporary outfit ready. I'm getting yeah, baggy pants. I'm ready. <laughs> like, I've got this. I'm like, I have my Brandy Melville shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what ballet people think. They're like, contemporary yeah. shorts, baggier, uh, leotard, but a different yeah. color, not pink. Yeah. And one of the things actually that really helped me for that, let me like backtrack for a second, was before I moved to Cincinnati, when I was still in New York, I went to um, the Complexions Summer Intensive. So when I was in Charleston, we did a joint gala with Complexions and Desmond Richardson and Dwight Roden were so inspiring, really inspiring people um, and said like, anytime come to New York, take class with us. Um, if you want to do one of our programs, you can do it. So I was like, I'm in New York. I can take one of their intensives. And that really kind of changed my idea of what contemporary was and that it's not about what you think of yourself. I mean, as ballet dancers, you're, you can be self-conscious and you're always analyzing like your movements and trying to make it this ideal of perfection. And it was very freeing because it was kind of like, it's up to you to not think about what do I look like in this moment, but really just give it your all. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about complexions is because they say that everyone, instead of holding back to dance together, they all give it their everything they've got and they meet somewhere out there, like just give it everything. So that helped me already a lot. So when I got to the back of the room, I, I was like, okay, I can move. 
<laughs> but still, I was, it was, it was, yeah, very daunting. Fortunately, um, uh, guest ballet mistress, um, who was there helping with new works was able to like help me. <laughs> she scheduled rehearsals just for me and we'd run the whole ballet with just me, <laughs> which was really, wow. really awkward at times, I must say, but it was, I'm really thankful because she was like, okay, Flory, from the top by yourself. So my first time like doing this piece with everybody was the show. Um, we like for dress rehearsal, the people had just done it. So they like marked it with me. Um, yeah. And then it was the show. So that was a lot, but we did it. It was really, 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 really fun. Um, and I just felt so different because I never really performed something like that before. Um, but it was fierce. So that was really lovely. And then after that, we kind of went into more, a little bit more classical. We did Septim's um, Peter Pan, Septim Weber's Peter Pan. Um, and I just had the time of my life as a pirate wench. Just <laughs> so happy. And uh, running around the stage. I watched the video later and it's like, she is going for that like drink, whatever's in the, you know, pirate's bottle of, whatever um that was fun and um it was it, you know it was a lot but it was a really cool season I think one of the things that was really awesome is that we, we do very contemporary and very classical um it's kind of was a balance that season um a major highlight for me was performing in Yuri Killian's Sextanza um which it's we so did oh my gosh it was so fun that was at the end of the season and you know looking at the season lineup I was like oh my goodness they're doing a Yuri Killian piece this is crazy and my dad my dad loves Yuri Killian and loves Netherlands Dance Theater and I remember as a child growing up my dad was always like Netherlands Dance Theater you should try to go to Netherlands Dance Theater and I was like I want to wear point shoes but so he was so excited when I got cast in this piece and the repetitor for it, Shirley Esseboom, was from Netherlands Dance Theater. And she taught ballet class two. She had the most gorgeous, like technically perfection, classical turnout. Oh my God, I, I, I just can go on. It was just like perfect technique. Um, but the, what was so cool is that everything is choreographed. So every expression, it's a very theatrical, comedic piece and every, wild expression is um is choreographed so um that was it was really a challenge but once you kind of understand what they're asking you for and you get it um you can see like it's so much fun and just crazy um so the part I did was there was a solo that's like really fast and it was one of the things because the whole ballet was difficult for me to find on YouTube I did find an old Netherlands dance theater video um but that solo was one of the like things that was like a common excerpt of it and I remember thinking like this is wild they're like these fast wete turns and then these fast like crazy arm movements and then there's this pas de trois with like a woman and her husband the um repertoire said that it's like you're this is your husband and you cheated on him but you don't know if he knows that you cheated and so you're really freaked out and then there's this other man who's there who I don't know if it's like the man that you that 
you cheated with, who's there kind of causing trouble. So um, you're very kind of freaked out. Um, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious piece. Um, but that was, so I was an apprentice then, and I got a call one day while I was at ballet from the company manager. And I was rehearsing, so I didn't see it. Or I think I got an email from the company manager saying, call me. So I called her, and I was like, what did I do wrong? What did she want me to call her? Um, and she was saying, well, Lori, since you're an apprentice, you're not allowed to perform the part that you're performing in sextanza because it's a solo part, like the principal part of it. And I was like, what? I didn't know that. And, I was, and so I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, I guess I'm not allowed to perform it. And they're like, so we're promoting you to next ranked new dancer for the rest of the season so you can perform it. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, that was crazy. Uh, but that was, that was definitely a highlight of my first season. Um, yeah, it was really wonderful. Really such a crazy cool. That's incredible. Experience. So yeah, so I've been there for the past two seasons. Um, I've really. What would you say to someone who is going to be going into a company and maybe didn't have the experience at steps learning about company class mm -hmm. or has only been like a conservatory, so doesn't know how to handle professional life? Like what's some things that you, what's some advice you could give them? So I think you just want to do your best to be self-sufficient. I think that's sometimes a very difficult thing. And I know that when I was growing up, I had teachers who told me that like, when you're in a company, no one's going to tell you this. And, um, you know, there are some teachers who will correct you, who will, um, who will help you. Um, but you have to very much be focused on yourself and also focused on where you are in space, I think too, is really important that there are people who have been like I know for me there were people in the company of Cincinnati Ballet who had been in the company since before I ever even began dancing um so you know that's their world and you have to respect the people around you um I know for me it was like oh my gosh where do I stand at bar where's my where's a bar spot and and I'm being aware of the groups that you're going in you know making sure that and it depends on your company environment some are more strict with their rankings and strict with how like you know principals are here this is you know that kind of deal um so you just have to kind of get the dynamic gauge the dynamic don't be afraid to be yourself don't be afraid to just dance and enjoy it um and really learn quickly i think that being focused and learning quickly is really important you know like learn every combination um, try to do as much as you can, um, and learn the choreography quickly, pay attention to these little details that are offered. And, you know, like I would have teachers who said when I was like understudying a part, um, who would be, who would say, okay, well, once you know your part, learn the next part, you know, learn someone else, le like learn another part in the core. Um, cause you don't know what's going to happen. And it depends on, you know, your company's dynamic and, the size of your company and whatever is happening. But I think having that knowledge of learning in the back and that ability to learn in the back 
um, that helped me when I was just thrown right into that situation <laughs> um, yeah. there. And that was a lot like in my, at Cincinnati Ballet, I've really had lots of opportunities to learn parts. Um, like when we did Peter Pan right after New Works, my first season, I was learning every single female part except for Tiger Lily. But it was it was a lot like to be able to um, really kind of compartmentalize each section and think about it. Um, and remember, I mean, don't be afraid to write things down, take notes, watch if your company sends footage out, watch the Vimeos. Um, we all we have a Vimeo account, so I'm like always going on the Vimeo to watch um, whatever it may be. Um, really pay attention, try to be a positive person, you know, but be yourself, I think really. Don't feel pressure to behave a certain way because um, in the end, you are who you are and this is a job and this is ballet, but you also want to be a good person and be your own person. Um, so that's what I say, you know, really be nice to everybody, be respectful to the rehearsal process, be respectful to your repetitors, your ballet masters, um, your director, um, but be nice too and be engaging to whoever you talk to. Um, really being yourself, I think that's really important. And, and being self-sufficient. I think being self-sufficient is probably number one, like knowing when you go into the rehearsal remember the corrections, remember the details, remember the choreography was, like go over it if you need to. And don't be afraid to ask questions. That's another thing that um, I really learned with being in the company is that you can ask a lot of questions. Like when it's being, when a piece is being staged and you're unsure, it's better to ask a question sooner rather than later. And it's also better to ask a question to the repetitor or the stager um, instead of, asking someone else. Thank you so much for joining us for our first ever episode of Dancer Talks. Let's give it up one more time for Flory Geller. My name is McCall Sheets, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll see you next time on another episode of Dancer Talks.